you are at the net. Welcome to another episode of At The Net Podcast, brought to you by Tex-Mex Productions. On the soundboards, moving the dials and buttons are producers D-Mac and Dave the Bray. Join me in welcoming your hosts, Craig Bell and AJ Chabria, who are talking tennis, what is trending, and maybe even life as it seems to them. Ladies and gentlemen, Craig and AJ. All right, thanks to our At The Net Podcast girl for that fabulous introduction, and welcome fans of the great game. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 34 of At The Net Podcast with AJC. That would be you, right? That would be me, yes, sir. And CB1, that's me, who are talking the great game of tennis as it seems, seems to, to us. us. Thanks also go out to our good amigos at Tex-Mex Productions. That would be Darian D. Mac McBrayer and Dave the Brain DeLeo from Back of the House, who are on the soundboards, moving the dials and buttons to make us sound like real people tonight. Are we real people? We are. All right. Also, be sure to check out our good work on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Fireside, CastBox, Overcast, Pod, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Basically, that's everywhere. I think, AJ, right? Well, yes, definitely. I, I know you mentioned Apple Podcasts. Yes. Everybody knows them as iTunes. Yes. That'd so, be cr- yeah, them too. Them too. Even the famous ones. Girls... Not guys. Sorry, guys. Yeah. And if you'd like to read the opening intro for us, I'd be an at-the-net girl. Let us know. We're always looking for new female voices, even in a foreign language. Dude, that's so sexist. I wanted to be an at-the-net podcast girl. Uh, Identify. Time. No. Next life. Uh, yeah. next, next life. Next time. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. All right. Well, tonight, AJ, we yeah, have man. one of the greats, the tennis greats, the young minds. I call them kind of the up-and-comers, the whippersnappers the, to our our great game. That would be DeVore DeCaris. DeVore, how are you doing? Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited. Oh, we're yeah, welcome. We uh, we know the uh, the internet sensation you've become. We know yes. you're a, a remarkable technical coach, and we're here to talk about that and more tonight. Yes, we've got. We're gonna have a lot of fun with you because because you've done for for a relatively young guy, yeah. you've done an amazing lot of things. I mean, I, it, it's hard to say, put everything into uh, an intro for you, but uh, you're USPTA elite professional. Uh, you were from Germany originally, uh, part of the German Tennis Federation instructor in Berlin, where you taught for 10 years. You played on the Futures Tour. Uh, you're at one of the highest German tennis leagues. Uh, you trained uh, ITF Pro Circuit players. Uh, you've been Pro of the Year for the Southern Division of USPTA. You've been uh, 17 years of teaching experience, a master's degree in sports science and Spanish. Nice. How many how many languages do you speak? Um, you know, living, living in Louisiana, um, out of my six that I spoke fluently, I just need uh, a little bit of Cajun and a little bit of English, <laughs> and uh, I, I can survive down here. So, no, but, um, no, I mean, German, you know, I was born and raised in Germany. Yeah. My parents are from uh, Croatia, and uh, English I learned basically already in early years in Germany, and then I studied Spanish and uh, French as well. And, um, yeah, so five five languages fluently. So yeah, I, 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 def- I definitely heard you with fluent German this morning with Rudy and uh, a little bit of Spanish <laughs> with somebody off uh, off camera, and I thought he's got to know Creole or Cajun or something, too. Tunas, his name is De- <laughs> Davor Boudreau. Are you a Boudreau? <laughs> Uh, it's so funny you mentioned that they like get the accents here, you know, like they went, 
when I first came down here and uh, I was about to teach, you know, and let people <laughs> speak uh, with that agent, with that, with that accent, you know, like, hey, man, don't ask me. And I was like, what? And, you know, like, you come from, like, the British English, and it took me, like, 10 years to get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, uh, you, needed, you needed subtitles for these people, huh? Oh yeah, it's like in the it's like in the good movie. Now, I remember if I can say that quickly. That's a good story. Um, sure, please. You know, I got something delivered. And I just lived like two months in the, in the U.S. and uh, those guys are coming and uh, I didn't understand one word they were saying. So I was just I just opened my door. I didn't even know who they are and I just said, I just said whatever you guys want. I signed whatever they wanted. I did not understand one word. Like, you, I've you, never had that before. You agreed to marry somebody's cousin, probably. <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah. Have you lost some teeth since you've been down there? Yeah. Do you have like two um, teeth, or you know? Yeah, I'm working on that too. But uh, no, as of the moment, I think I still have them all. But uh, yeah, that's coming probably in the future. Oh, uh, and we're just joking, you know. For those of you who are our, our, our Louisiana friends, uh, maybe uh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, Devord, you're, you're teaching down there now at a club in the Covington area. Is that correct? Yes, uh, the club is called Stone Creek Club and Spa. It's a beautiful facility. Um, you know, like the Covington area is really good for tennis. We have some other great clubs in this area, and uh, we are fortunate to have uh, the, the owners of our club that put a lot of money in the club, and it's um, personally not just because I'm working there. It's one of the nicest facilities uh, I have been to yet. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great place to work here. I, I can imagine. So, how long have you been there? Um, it's going to be almost 10 years soon, yeah. 10 wow. years almost. Wow. That, that probably seemed like uh, like 10 minutes probably, right? Yes. Yeah. And especially, you know, since my son was born like four and a half years ago, everything goes double double the speed. So, yeah, as you guys know, too, life just goes so, so quickly, right? Well, before we get started and kind of figure out your background, I wanted, I wanted to give a nice uh, quote about about you, Tim Bainton, a fellow tennis pro, a blue chip sports management consultant, says this about you. Uh, divorce uh, contributions to the tennis industry through the creation of Tennis House cannot be under understated. He has created a global community to address common concerns and answer questions pertaining to the tennis industry. I mean, that's that's really nice, close quote, that uh, uh, Tim, a fellow uh, teaching pro, done a lot of uh, good stuff. He's got some things going right now on Facebook, trying to solve some some issues out there with the tennis community, but you know, for a fellow pro to yeah. say something like that about about you, that's got to that's got to feel really good. Yes, I mean, you know, every time you use something nice um, coming towards your direction from a fellow tennis pro, it's it's uh, something nice. And uh, Tim is a great guy. He spoke at one of my conferences, uh, the last one. And um, yeah, as I said, you know, it's uh, I I do all that for the passion of the game. And then when you get sometimes nice words, that uh, keeps you going, right? So uh, all of us, we we all need that sometimes. And uh, and uh, coming from from established guy like Tim, it's it's uh, super nice, and then uh, feels good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because that's—I mean—it's nice to be recognized by your peers, especially. But uh, that was—that was some very kind words, and he's—he's he's a really good teaching pro, and he's done a lot of nice things. But so, tell us a little bit about your background. So, growing up, you know, over in Europe, how'd you get started in the game? Did your your parents, grandma, grandpa, you know, who started you in the game? Uh, 
city and you're a tall kid I can tell from the photos uh, typical Croatian tall guy huh Good weather, good food, yeah. So did, did you play a lot of junior tournaments growing up? Did you uh, – obviously you have a good sports background. Let me let me back up just real quick. So handball is different. Like the handball we think about is kind of played in a racquetball room. So I think the handball you're talking about is played more kind of like on a basketball court. Is that correct? Yeah, that kind of. It's, it's, it's always described it. it's like soccer but with the hands and the field is like a basketball field like from, from the uh, – Wise and uh, very popular in uh, in Europe. It's it's a big sport where like fifteen thousand people watch it, and uh, it's it's a it's very tough sport. Uh, you can compare it a little bit. Um, the stature of the players they're more like rugby players, yeah. and uh, it's a very tough sport. I played that too, but uh, unfortunately, I grew a lot when I was fifteen, sixteen, and when I was younger, like twelve, thirteen. I wasn't as tall, so I got beaten up in that sport, and uh, that's why I quit playing that, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that and so that, yeah. From what I was thinking about, like handball, it was something I played with my brother in in a racquetball court, and I got my hands killed, you know, by <laughs> by, by uh, uh, playing handball very badly. So it's a different handball version than yeah. uh, what we play, kind of what we call handball. But so European handball, very popular. Your dad was on the. Did you say the Olympic team? If I is that correct? The national, the national team. Yeah. 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 So he was a good athlete. Your mom, did she ever do any sports? Is, was she a, a sports person? Um, no, but uh, she kept us all in place and, our, and put us all into our parts in the household. So she was she was home and took care of us. So she, that was good. She, she cracked the whip, right? Huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and threw the high heels at us. <laughs> now, how many brothers and sisters, how many siblings do you have? Uh, one brother, and he lives in Boston. And he's a chemist. He has a doctor title in chemistry, and he, he works for an editor company. And um, him and his team, they decide what comes into the magazine. And he has a cool job, so he travels a lot. And yeah, interesting. Okay. And, and did he play tennis? Does he have a uh, tennis background, or just you? He was. 
he was a good player too, but he, his passion was more like the soccer, and uh, he was really good in soccer. But um, yeah, his academic career was had priority, and um, as I said, you know, he studied did like two postdocs, and he he's the he's the brain of the family, I guess. Yeah, I you're, you're, you're not you're not, not too, too far bad yourself. Yeah, kid. you're not too far off yeah. on, on that. Uh, <laughs> That deal. That what? What your mom and dad did? Did your dad? Did, was he a? Uh, was he a chemist? Was he a doctor? Or what did he do for a living? No, he he actually he, so he was coaching um, handball for a little bit. So he, he was playing in the German Bundesliga, at the highest league, and then he he uh, taught. He was the coach, the national coach for Italy for two years, and then he wanted to um, um, build a family and decided to, to take the job that's a little bit more safe and stable. And at that time, handball didn't pay out so much like it does in our days. And he decided to become a teacher. And um, they get a good pension. So they live good now from their teaching pension. And they're still alive. My dad is 78 and my mom is 72. And they're right now in Berlin, Germany. So he had a... He, I always tell him he had a nice life. So he was a teacher, got good money for it, and besides, he was coaching like handball, and I think he had a good life. Yeah, it sounds like. What did he teach? Just out of curiosity, what, what was his, his special? What did he teach in school? Uh, like in, in, in Germany, like he was, and actually, he was lucky for that too. He just had to teach uh, like physical education. So it's like he had like every day like five, six classes, and then every day physical education. And uh, so I always tell him he was lucky. He was lucky, you know. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, that's because uh, at that time, him growing up in in '78, there was still probably the the Cold War going on. Berlin, you know, a lot of there was a lot of uncertainty in his time when he was was a young guy, and and it wasn't as Europe wasn't as free moving as it is today. Yes, that's totally true. Yeah, and I remember growing up. I was uh, I actually grew up in West Berlin, and and uh, our our place where we, like our house was literally like. 500 yards away from the wall. So, oh, really? Um, Interesting. So that was crazy. Yeah, growing right. up, you know, you can't go too close to the wall, and you saw the guys with the with the rifles up there, and uh, you know, everybody told you, you know, you knew you can't go uh, and do silly things as a as a child around that wall. So um, yeah, I, actually, I remember all those those days. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I, was, I was sitting there kind of thinking about yeah. that. He's 78, so yeah, he would have. Uh, would have lived during that time. That was a really kind of a harsh time, but it, it was uh, good that he was a sportsman, passed that love of sport yeah. on to his, uh, his family. And, and uh, you know, so you started uh, playing tennis. Now, sorry to start, go down that rabbit hole, but I wanted to kind of set the background just a little bit more before you started. So did you start playing t- tournaments in, in Europe? Did you start traveling around yeah. and, and doing stuff? Yeah, we, yeah, like, you know, like, um, I played a lot of, German tournaments, so you travel a couple hundred miles for those tournaments. It's similar to here. And uh, when I was 17, 18, I started to play pretty decent. I was around, um, I was around top 20, under under 21. You know, you have different categories. You have men's tennis as well, and all the kids under 21. I was around top 20 in Germany, and and I found a sponsor, and I traveled for a year and played some futures in Croatia.
in singles especially. You know, doubles, I I think I would have had a good chance to, to be a decent doubles player. and um, But uh, at that time, uh, my I decided to do other things. And uh, so I tried for a year, year and a half, and then I was coaching uh, a couple of players. And one is like Mariela Greshik. Um, so she was a good player. She was just entering in a WTA. Um, and we went to Israel, like to, to play 25K. So I traveled uh, some, some time and I enjoyed doing that. I learned I learned a lot uh, differences between coaching um, guys and, and, and girls. And um, that was a good time in my life. And then I basically um, focused on my studying after that. Yeah, that, did you did you run into guys like Ben Becker, Nick Kiefer? Those guys were they your age, or who was the who are the guys yeah. your contemporaries? Yeah, I know I know, I know them obviously, um, but I played more like they were they were like a year older. I think Kiefer is a year older than me, but I never played against them. But okay. uh, you know, at, at that time they were forming the, the Boris Becker Junior team, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was playing in those tournaments. And um, but they obviously they, they didn't pick me, and um, yeah. But I've never played against Keeper or someone. They were they were just uh, a league higher than me. Yeah, no, they were they were just two guys that come to mind. Ben Becker from around the the. Uh, Texas area played tennis at Baylor, That's right, and right then here. Nick Kiefer. I don't know if he ever played college tennis. I don't think he, he went did. straight to pros. He, he, he went, went right pretty to the pros. Quickly, yeah. Top thirty. Yeah. Yes. So he yeah, went, he went straight to pros. And Ben Becker, actually, as you said, he played uh, college tennis. And then uh, I'm good friends with Alexander Vasca. Vasca he played right. for San Diego State, San Diego yep. State University, the Aztecs. Yep. Yep. And then we have a couple of guys, and I'm friends with Dominic Kupfer, who's playing, uh, who was playing for Tulane here. So yeah, college tennis is. Oh, for sure. And Kepfer has been here in Dallas two years in a row. I love watching that guy play. He's, uh, he is. You mentioned you have to be built so strong. That guy is maybe a little shorter than me, but holy cow, he is so strong, so fit. And I remember after a match that was seven six seven five against an American who was coached by a guy I know, uh, Evan King uh, from Chicago, Illinois. Really tough match, two and a half hours, and most guys hit the bike for five, ten minutes and cool it down and then do a stretch down. Dominic did a full workout and then stretched down, and this guy is just a beast. He, he typifies yeah. what you said about strength. Yeah, he's a hard worker, definitely, and uh, and that's how he became uh, professional, right? So the, he, he didn't know before he went to college. You know, I interviewed him as well, and he was saying, too, when he, when he first started, he, he learned, he just played three, four times a week in yeah. Germany, and then the, every day in the college, and everybody helped him at Tulane, whatever he wanted to achieve, they were all supporting him, and with a lot of hard work and talent, you know, you can, you can go far. Good, yeah. good mover. Very aggressive guy. Really admire his game. Yeah. I always call Ben Becker the man that made uh, made Andre Agassi cry. <laughs> I was at I was at an event with him, and I got to MC this thing, and so uh, I, I I never let him live that down. I go, you're the man that made Andre Agassi cry. True, his the last, last match, <laughs> last U.S. Open match. Yeah. yeah. He was a nice. He's a nice guy. I've seen him around a few times, and uh, and I don't think he lives in Dallas anymore. He's up he, in Michigan, yes. Ann Arbor. He's the yeah. men's assistant coach. Uh, for the blue, for the Wolverines. Yeah, so he was yeah. hanging around Dallas for for a couple of couple of months, and just That's happened right. to I just happened to needle him a few times, you know, to make sure that he knew that he was he was he made Andre Agassi cry. But Andre was a pretty emotional guy anyway, so I, right. I I think he was gonna cry no matter who it was because yeah, that was his last match at the Open. So, but yeah. but uh, 
Good stuff. Anyway, okay, so now, now you're starting to move. How did you get over here? What, what brought you over to the States to teach tennis? What, uh, kinda, what got you over this way? Um, yeah, I was, I was in uh, Barcelona at that time. And, uh, and then my, my, my first uh, wife I met over there, and then uh, I just came to the States, and I knew tennis was big here. And, um, and yeah, then uh, started to started to work here. Like, the, the director at our club, like, the Brett Custer, he, he saw me at the tournament and asked me if I want to work for that club. And, you know, uh, I said definitely yes. I studied sports science and Spanish to become a teacher in Germany because you earn, you earn pretty well there as a teacher. You have a lot of time off, and it's not like here – at least in Louisiana, you get you get paid the whole year there, yeah. the, the whole amount, the whole amount of what you the, what you usually get. So, um, being a teacher over there is really good. And my plan was to be a teacher over there and um, and work as a tennis pro on the weekends to make some extra money. And you know, everything comes different in life, right? So, yeah. and then you have to adjust. And yeah, I'm glad I'm here. I have a beautiful boy, beautiful family. So everything turned out really, really well for me. Congrats, Dever. How old is your boy? Four and a half, but he looks like he's nine already. So. <laughs> he's got the Croatian height, huh? Yes, he is a big boy and eats more. Like, I don't even know how we're able to feed him in the future. <laughs> is, is he going to be one of those LSU uh, Tigers, maybe uh, on the offensive line, defensive line? <laughs> if, if it wouldn't, you know, I, I would love for him to play football, but I'm just scared it's going to get more athletic and it just, you know, and. They take hits sometimes, even in the junior junior football. It's That's like true. scary, you know. So I hope it's going to be tennis, you know. Yeah, I'm sure he had some tennis balls with you, Daddy, from time to time. Oh yeah, yeah. Every day now, since we can't go anywhere, I had every day with him. So it's fun. Wonderful, yeah. but let's shift the gears. I'm, I'm interested to hear kind of about Tennis House. What 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 got you thinking about? Because you run this great website, and you've done a lot of things with uh, Tennis House. I mean, you've done a lot of great things with teaching in general. But I think this is where you've really left your mark. How'd you, how'd you get this thought? How'd you get started? Kind of what were your your uh, ideas for Tennis House? Um, all right, so that was. January 2016, um, you know, I'm, I try, I always think of life, you know, you only have one life, and for me, I want to do something with my life, and, um, you know, since I chose tennis to be my profession, uh, I, I was just thinking out of the box, what can I do differently than just being on the court and, and teaching, which is beautiful, but uh, I think, um, you know, as I said, you know, we have one life, right, so I was thinking... Coming from Germany and Europe, the mentality a little bit over there was at that time when I was there that, you know, the guys, uh, that a lot of people thought they knew everything and didn't share. And I was always uh, thinking, you know, we go into 220 and there must be something where uh, coaches can get information. And, you know, I was like, oh, let, let's try to start a group on Facebook. And uh, I invited like 50, 40 coaches I know, and you know, then you, you have to put your own content in first. So I was like, should I do it or not? Um, so I st started to put my own teaching videos in there. And um, after a certain time, the group grew. Other coaches invited other coaches, and you know, I had to approve every person that goes into that group on Facebook. So um, basically, the first 10,000 coaches I handpicked and approved. So to ensure 
um, tracking the, the, the online platforms a little bit to ensure that the quality is really good. So, so just so that, let me I back up. You said you said 10,000, right? The first 10,000. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's, so, in, that's so, interesting. So keep going. Sorry about that. I just wanted to, everybody to hear that. There were 10,000 already in there. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, it took a lot of time. I, I think I spent every day three to four hours checking if the person that's going into the group is legit, if that person is a real person, you know, with a lot of robots and scam and all those things. So, um, you know, and then just the dynamics develop really well. You know, you coaches put things on from uh, facilities that issues with hardcore dead cracks. Uh, who do I call? And then, you know, they got 30, 40 answers within like a day. And, you know, you, the other coaches start to put the teaching videos of their students in. Other coaches try to find accommodation for their players. And I can just go on and on. Other sure. coaches try to find universities for their players. And, um, yeah, so I started to become more and more connected to, to the tennis world. So that was beautiful. And um, I spent a lot, a lot of time in that group. So then Facebook started to restrict a lot of things, and the dynamics uh, changed a little bit. I still monitor it, but obviously, like, way less time into the group. But it still goes well, and I still do, you know, check daily on it. But the shift went to Instagram. Interesting. Just because... The, the, the age groups that follow Instagram are, you know, all the kids from whatever age, beginning till 55, maybe 50, 50, I would say, they, they're they mainly on Instagram. And well, yes, yes, I appreciate that. Thank you very much for being 51. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, no, you guys do a good job there on, the, on Instagram. I will, I will make sure that you guys get uh, a lot of followers in the future. I'll help, obviously, because I think it's great what you guys do and the, the passion that you guys have. So, um, so yeah, long story short, uh, I started on Instagram. I shifted the weight to Instagram like only a year ago, uh-huh. and I uh, had like maybe 500 followers on Instagram, and now we're almost at 35,000. So, yeah, I saw that um, the other day. Yeah. Mm. So that's a good number. Yeah, so Instagram is different than Facebook from the standpoint that uh, it seems like there is there is as much interaction going on on Instagram as there is on Facebook. Maybe I'm I'm wrong, or uh, is it? Yes, like uh, definitely. Like I mean, so so a Facebook group is good for if you like want to write a lot and communicate with the guys. Instagram sure. is more. You can show drills or like short videos they have now where you can put like a ten minute video on Instagram uh, yeah. on on the on the Instagram as well. Um, but definitely, I would say you can reach just way more people on Instagram. Like uh, I I didn't want to do it first, and friends of mine told me, hey, go shift shift your way to to Instagram, and I'm glad I did it because. Um, yeah, so many companies approached me and it just grew like crazy. And then the most important is the connections you made. You know, like Joel Myers from San Diego is a great coach, has a great Instagram account. Um, Two Minute Tennis, Ryan, uh, Fabio from Functional Tennis, you know, um, Brian Dabble, I met, uh, I became good friends with Brian. Um, you just make so many connections. And in the end of the day, what I like about all that is that uh, the good guys, in parentheses, like good guys, um, that those guys, that's like a big family, you know, so we support each other, share things, and, and I think that that became really, really good. 
Yeah, yeah. Kudos to you for that. I mean, that's yeah. Well done. We're yeah. We're, uh, we're we're trying to learn from you, man. Right. Yeah. We're 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 way in the back. Right there. There's a there's a pin light way back there, and it's like about five miles back, maybe maybe. That. We're not we're not closing on you anytime soon. But you know, also too with with uh, tennis house, because you've done um, you've had. Some opportunities where people come and speak, and you've had other pros come. Are you going to do some some web services also too? You're going to do like a, a congress and a, and a webinar kind of deal. What are you, what are your thoughts coming coming forward now? Yeah, I like I like that thought. So yeah, I started to do tennis conferences. Um, the first one was two two seventeen. I had talking about college tennis. I had Brian Boland there, um, you know, and I had like Eva Bora from Sanchez Casal. She was awesome. Uh, Oh gosh, it's so long ago. I don't even know. Well, Eric Buderak was there, and and um, Andy Brandy, and just uh, Mark Mark Kovacs. So um, yeah, it was it was great. So to see the feedback and and see use our beautiful club um, for something like that, and then it just grew, grew, grew. Long story short, last year we had Arancha Sanchez. You know, we, I I could afford to get some European guys in, like Ruben Nayans, who's one of the best guys. Uh, back there in Europe, Tomas Bogio. Um, so we had a really, really great lineup. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Covington is like, you know, 35 miles from New Orleans. It's, it's not like the Orlando area where you can have uh, maybe a massive conference or Atlanta. So, um, but still, we have 75 to 80 people uh, at that conference. And uh, it's really good. USPTA Southern was really supportive. They did a great job supporting me and giving me freedom to do what I need to do to make it uh, successful, you know, over the years. I think it was good to get some young blood in there and mix it with the experienced guys. So I think they did a good job uh, with that. And as you mentioned, webinars, I I, uh, I have to look into how that would work. You know, I would love to do like an international online conference now in our times you know would have been perfect if i would have had something already ready by now but i have the connections now and you know it could be guys like arancha sanchez all the guys i interviewed you know like the players still and the coaches and uh, i think could be something really cool yeah that i guess you get everybody on zoom you could could you zoom something like that and get a thousand people you know looking at each other yeah, I don't know how it works, but uh, like, I'll definitely, I'm open for everything. If you guys have any advice, uh, you know, uh, that would be awesome. No, I just happened to be watching CBS Sunday Morning, and they were talking about they had all the co-hosts of CBS Sunday Morning on, and it was really easy to get everybody. There were probably about 16 of them that, that host the show, or actually our correspondents, and they, they said all we could do is go to Zoom, and you sign up, get an account with an email address, you're on, then you copy and paste the link, and you invite people, and that's it. And you can add as many as you want to. And I was like, that's really fascinating. I was sitting there thinking that wouldn't be, that'd be a pretty cool deal you know to get uh, a bunch of tennis people together and it was on zoom i mean i'm i'm not being paid wow. to say that yeah. but i just happen to be i'm an inquisitive guy and uh, so i'm gonna go th- i'm gonna throw that idea out there for you so if, and I'll, I'll be on there yeah, I love with you so i will look into that for sure 100 percent uh, i will look into that yeah now let me ask you let me ask you a follow-up question as far as monetizing tennis house you've chosen not you there's other people out there i'm not going to Tell, tell the other guys that yeah. about the other guys, but have how come you've tried to keep it as a non-pay uh, type situation? Is there a reason, or do you just uh... Uh, um, like 
Yes and uh, no. Like I started off, you know, obviously uh, no, like I didn't want to monetize it, and and still, as long as I can pay my bills and feed my family, uh, I want to keep it open sure. uh, for everybody because I think that's the that's the spirit behind Tennis House, and obviously, you know, working with companies together like Task, so they they. Um, send me clothes and I like to wear their clothes so those things I'm going to do but like money wise so that people get content I just I'm not in that position where I, I need every cent so I think I can still live very well and feed my family and as long as I will have that uh, I, I will keep it the way it is because that's the beauty of, of uh, the internet in our days as well right so uh, all the tennis coaching videos I get from the greatest minds out there People in Africa, people in countries that usually wouldn't uh, be able to get private lessons, they can look at least at those videos and uh, make the best out of from what they like and, and see. You know, so that was one of my thoughts behind it. Uh, I'm not a rich person, uh, but how I can give back was with that tennis house. So that is very important to me. No, good that's for you. Really, I mean, that's because yeah. there are, and, and nothing wrong with the other people who who do that. I just, I just was just no, curious. That, I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, like everybody does it the way they want it, and uh, it's good. Yeah, because I mean, you you do a lot of great stuff. I've watched. Uh, I think I follow you everything that you do, and I I catch catch your stuff, and and uh, I've enjoyed it. But I just was was curious if you ever thought about that. I'm sure you have, but but if you if you like helping people, I like helping people. I know right. AJ, AJ does as well. Love it. I, I I'm more in the spirit of like you. It's like, hey, a lot of people helped me get to where I'm at, and they didn't charge yeah. me anything, and so that's why I do stuff, yeah. and I'm ha happy to help people. Not that I wouldn't mind making a buck, but uh, <laughs> you know, hey, at the same time you know if, if we share ideas information that's how how we all get better yeah the rising exactly. rising that's totally right yeah the rising tide lifts all boats and that's a good feeling right well yeah yeah what do you think about the state of tennis right now just let's shift gears a little bit uh talking talking the great game do you, do you find tennis in a good spot you know i i hear people talk about like it's not going well you know other sports are nipping at our heels do you, what do you think about tennis where, where are you at Actually, um, especially in the American women's tennis, you know, since, uh, you know, I know uh, Kevin, Kevin O'Neill is working with Katie McNally. Yeah. I know Lynn, her mom, you know, uh, so I, uh, McNally, Coco, Sophia Cannon. I, I mean, like we have, we, we have so many great uh, ladies players on the, on the WTA. So I think that's, that's massive. And uh, I enjoy actually seeing, seeing those young players coming up there on the guy side as well. We, we have Isner still, you know, we have Query still, the, the uh, older generation, I say, but they're still uh, pretty young. But um, then we have guys like uh, Sangren, uh, who are right in the middle there, right? And Fritz, um, uh, Opelka, I've seen in Del Rey when I went to watch my friend uh, Hunter Pavic play, who's a doubles player. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, have, we have, I think, you know, people are very critical here in the U.S., but I, I think we, we just do not have a champion on the man's side, right? That's the only thing we're missing. But we have so many on, on the broad spectrum. We have really good tennis players, you know. And uh, I think I think we're, we're doing a great job here. And we're just missing that uh, 
champion, right? So yeah, do, hopefully we'll get that one day. Is, right. is there a European methodology that you grew up in versus kind of like what AJ and I grew up in? Did you, did you see the difference? I'm trying to think. Are we doing something different here in the States that, that you all did in Europe maybe that we're missing? Yeah. The only thing I would say, living now, I think I have the right, you know, I'm a, I'm a decade now here, so... One point is definitely, and people always bring that up, but it's true. It's like the, the kids are very spoiled here, right? Yeah. So, you know, when you look at the parents, oh, don't touch this, don't do that. And, you know, I fell from a tree on my head and my dad's like, yeah, yeah, go back on the court, you know. So, <laughs> so um, things are a little bit, um, the way I have to approach kids here as well, I couldn't teach them the way I got taught. And, and I think that's just one part of it. Um, another part, I still think growing up on the red clay, you just learn uh, different different uh, finesse on the court. If you just play on clay, I think the transition from the clay court to the hard court is easier than if you just grow up on the hard court and then you go on the clay court. So I think this is still a big issue. And, um, and I just think countries, you know, like my, when I talked to my friend Dami Zumo, who was 23 in the world, he beat Tsitsipas three times and Wawrinka. Mm. And those guys are just, um, it's unbelievable. They're just so hungry. And, and you see them working, their work ethic. Uh, I don't say we don't have that. Obviously, we have it. But, like, the, the only way to get out there, you know, it, it's like soccer, tennis, or you play any sport, or you become a very, very smart person and you, you have your academic degree. But, uh, but I think the main issue... From what I see, and I can only speak about the South, like uh, a lot of kids, not all of them, I have some kids who are different, but a lot of kids are very, very protected here. And and um, I think that's that's one part of it for sure. So culture, maybe our, the culture of the U.S., maybe the, the pampering society that maybe that... Uh, uh, maybe my generation has put upon your generation, we should have our hands slapped and said, don't do that. <laughs> Let them get tough love. Let them fall down and get – what's the matter with you? Get up, kid. The, 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 parenting, is, the parenting is so good, it's bad. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know. yeah no, I, I, I just had wondered, you know, because I've known several people from Europe, and see, I think that's probably the same thread that they've all said that I've talked with is that uh, – the people coming from Europe really appreciate. Maybe the facilities aren't as nice. We have wonderful facilities, yeah. I think, in the U.S. Yeah. So, I mean, oh hell yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you don't even have to be a member of a place. The public courts in this country <laughs> pretty darn are nice. amazing. Even some yeah. areas have yeah. clay. Yeah, uh, hard true. Not really yeah. clay, clay, but yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> you know, where you've got uh, Joker and, and some of those people playing in a swimming pool. You know, from, from the Olympics. Uh, you know, growing up doing stuff like that. Uh, I, I guess that. We, 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 we take things for granted that other people don't have, maybe, and that's probably good and bad that uh, we have so much yeah, here in the U.S. I like your... Yeah, and uh, one more thing. Sure, go ahead. You know, like I tell everybody, and I said it in my life Instagrams, uh, there's a guy, Janko Tipserovic, who was number eight in the yeah, world. Right, yeah, And uh, I, I used to, like, there was a year when he was playing a, a challenger close to us, and I... Um, our coach, Vladimir Stajakovic, who brought him over there to train with me for a couple of days. And um, right before the challenger, he was 180 in the world. And, um, you know, he was a year younger than me. And I'll tell everybody the story. So, you know, we're done with the training session. You see a guy, you know, you, I'm, I was young. I was 20. He was 18 or 17 at that time. And, uh, you know, you, you see a guy full of tattoos. And you're like, oh, my God, that's going to be a fun night. We go out clubbing, you know. And, uh, you know, and then I'll never forget that moment. Still today.
guy, I, I, I was like, Yanko, it's Friday night, let's go out, right? And he looks at me like I'm, I'm like, I'm an alien, right? And he's, <laughs> like, he's like, he's like the war. No, no, like, look, my parents are not with me right now, but still my, my conditioning coach gave me a program and uh, I, get, I get up tomorrow morning at seven and I, I can't do those things. And I was like, whoa, all right. Okay. So that hit me, you know, in a positive way because I tell that story to, to all my kids and, and, you know, that guy was so determined and, you know, became number eight in the world because Good. his work ethic was remarkable, you know. Yeah, and, and, and a s smaller guy, but so fast yes. and such a hard worker. And your story about his discipline and his resolve, that, uh, that was, should resonate with a lot of our listeners. He wore some cool shades, too. <laughs> he always wore the Oakley. Yeah, he is. He's a, sty he's a stylish guy. Yeah. He likes his DJing and then his glasses, yeah. yeah. Uh, there is reward at the end of the tunnel, though, in that story right there. Yeah. So, you know, to me, that says that, Okay, guess what? I'm going to do whatever it takes, and at some point, I'm going to reap the, the the benefits of all this hard work. Kind of like a farmer, you got to plant the seeds, you got you got to cultivate a little bit. Then at the very end, you finally get to eat yeah. eat what you planted. You know, months, years later. You know, sometimes. Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent true. Yep. Yeah. So, so you think that that tennis is pretty good overall? What about worldwide now? So, U.S. You, we've heard your thoughts on on U.S. tennis. What about worldwide tennis? What do you think about you know world tennis at this moment? Um, I mean, like, you know, we have Roger, we have uh, Novak, we are blessed to have Rafa, Novak, and Roger, and, um, you know, Stan coming a little bit back, but, like, um, I think, I think as long as those guys are out there, we, we're, we're good, and we have teams, Sitsipas, you know, like, um, uh, great players, Felix, Felix or whatever, how how you say his last name? No, I never know. Like I, I, lo I, I love saying Oje Aliasim, so I'll finish it for you. <laughs> there you go, Felix. Felix Oje Aliasim. There you go. And you know, and then uh, we have we have really good players out there, but I think what we are living with Nova, Rafa, and and Roger. Yeah. This is just three guys. Um, I mean, the numbers speak themselves um, for themselves. It's just unbelievable what we have there. So whenever that era is going to be over, yeah, um, yeah I, I think we have good guys coming, like CC Pots, as I said, like team, they're, they're there already and knocking on the door, right? So, um, yeah, I just think we all should appreciate what we have in this moment because I don't know if we're going to have three guys of that caliber um, again. We might, but we might not. Like we said, after Sempras, no one is going to catch him, right? And then we have three guys who are surpassing him. So uh, let's see what the future brings. What, what about Andy Murray? Andy, or I think we've got a, we've got a special guest, uh, Andy Murray, and he might have something to say on that, right? Um, I mean, yeah, it's great. You, Davor, your, your list was magnificent, but I, I was conspicuously absent from it. Um, just, just chuffed to bits to not be mentioned there. Uh, any explanation for that, mate? I love it. Oh my God, that was good. <laughs> we, we have good stuff around here. You know, that's, you know it's uh, we're we're just not a bunch of pretty faces to you know? <laughs> I, I, Man, that was that was actually pretty good. You need that guy that can imitate. Um, Curious and 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 Tomic with that that guy I forgot his name I, I posted a couple of things 
Devar, De- funny. Devar, mate, you, you call yourself a journalist. That question was crap. Piss off. Next question, mate. <laughs> Terrible, mate. <laughs> bro, like, all you have to say is, bro, like, every other minute, right? And, like, do a couple of cones, a couple ladders, a couple underhand, underarm serves. Like, uh, come work out with me, mate. <laughs> I, 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 I have to say something. I have to say something. Like, with Nick Kyrgios, yeah. right? So, you know, I, I, I met him in the Ray the first time. Uh-huh. And met him personally. And I, I, I have to say, I changed my, like, on court and off court, you have to separate. Yeah. And he was the nicest guy off court. Like, they were playing basketball in there. And, you know, he went to get water. And there was this old lady. She could barely walk. They gave the waters out there. And he was so nice all the time to everybody there. So, I was actually, I didn't know him personally before, but I was pleasantly surprised. And um, and I really liked what I saw there. So so I, I my my thoughts about Nick, uh, as I said, a very genuine, nice guy. Actually, you know, dude, so I'm I'm, I'm smiling huge right now. I used to hate him, and now I love him. And then with the nice guy thing and the being a team sports specialist, like ATP Cup, Davis Cup, that guy is unbelievable. And I root for him to one day get it all together and win a slam, maybe. Yeah. I love same, him. Same year now. I really didn't like him before, but uh, that changed my mind. So, so of the three people, of, of the of the three big guys, yeah. uh, four, we, obviously you conspicuously left off Andy. Uh, <laughs> who, who who do you rank one, two, three? Who are your one, two, three? Who who thinks going to be, at the end of the day, once they all, you know, retire, who, who's number one, who's number two, who's number three? So I got, I got a thought here. Man, so I was watching Tennis Channel yesterday, and they did this top 100 thing. Right. And uh-huh. a, lot of, a lot of guys didn't even have Roger way up there. And they so did? for me, I mean, if Rafa stays healthy, it's going to be between Rafa and Novak, like, I think, major-wise. But there's so many things you have to keep play, like, in, keep in consideration of who's the greatest in one, two, three. I, I mean, like, as of now... Obviously, the way we are, and I think in the future, I think if Novak can play himself uh, in the zone and win a couple more majors and is at least tied with Federer someday, um, I mean, like, Novak is just unbelievable. You know, if you like him or not, he's just, uh, yeah, he's a beast when he's, like, the 215 year was amazing, and uh, obviously in the 211. So I would say in the future we will see after the coronavirus when everything is hopefully back to normal. I think Novak is going to have more than Rafa. And Rafa being so dominant with the French Open, I think he's going to get maybe one, two more. So I will go with Djokovic, Nadal, and then Federer at Grand Slam. Interesting. We just have a special call-in caller. Rafael Nadal's on the other line. Rafa, do you have something to say about uh, Davor and his uh, listing? <laughs> Thank you very much. No, I, I, it's a pleasure and a privilege to listen to Davor's uh, analysis. I uh, think he's uh, grossly overestimating me. No, uh, Novak is much, much better player than me. Roger is uh, 15, 20 times the talent of me. No, it's, uh, it's not even close, right? <laughs> what would Uncle Tony have to say about that? Would Uncle Tony agree with uh, Davor and his uh, statement there? Uh, Uncle Tony is not here, but I'm holding his old racket. It's a Max Ply from 19, what, uh, 61? 61, 62, 28, yes, yes. 19, what, when were you born? 1933. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do, no, good stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's always good when we can make a guest laugh. And yes. That's, yes. You, you we've know, done you, our job. We've done our job. <laughs> we're, we're done for the night. Yeah. We, we the, laugh all the time. The but... mic drop. I did have a silly thought because when I saw your last name and I saw your first name, I thought, yeah, he's German, but he's probably like there's something Slavic, Serbo-Croatian. There's something from like Davor is something from 16-something long, long time ago. So I thought I have this fantasy of him having a conversation with himself as both of Novak's recent coaches. Like, you could you could probably do the Goran voice very well, and obviously you can do the Boris accent very well, right? Oh, the, the Goran one. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I think it's... Uh, it, it's amazing. It's amazing to see um, Novak playing the way he's playing, and uh, uh, Novak, uh, Novak's forehand, forehand is uh, my backhand. Backhand very good, and uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, as boys, I would say, Goran, you, you have to tell him. Uh, you have to tell him to open his eyes uh, because it increases uh, Novak's uh, uh, ability to return your serve. Otherwise, he has no chance against you, Goran. You know. That's how I envision, uh, you know, Domek team. I mean, what the hell? It's a joke, huh? Like, she comes into the press room, you know. Like, you have to go kind of low and south. Kind right? of guttural. Southern. Get that low guttural. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up uh, for you, you're after the 11 o'clock hour. Oh, can, yeah. can you hang with us uh, for some yeah, more? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's actually only 10 in Louisiana, like us. We're okay. Oh, that's we're right. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. Okay, I was yeah. thinking you all were an hour ahead. That's I was kind of thinking. Yeah, I don't know where I got that thought. So, oh, yeah, yeah we got plenty of time. So, oh, we got time. Uh, we'll, we'll, oh, yeah. get, we'll get to pop culture then in a minute. But for I, w- sure. I want to ask one more thought about go back to tennis. What, what's your kind of teaching style? Who, who do you really, who, who is Devor Dakaris teach like? Are you a little bit of Nick Bolletari? Are you more uh, Uncle Tony, Nicky Pillich? You know, uh, Good you know, call, Nicky you know, Pillich. Um, wow. I mean, I I have a couple of influences, but now went through my life. Obviously, I went to to Munich to the Nikki Pilich Tennis Academy. Uh-huh. That's when Novak just came there with Goldberg at that time. And you you know, when you're at the academy, you pick some things up. They how they the way they teach. And uh, and um, I have a little bit of uh, Australian coaching in me since my director Brett Custer is from Australia. Uh-huh. I learned a lot from him coaching, and I think Andy Brandy. You know, influenced me a lot uh, a couple of years ago. I've been quite often to LSU since he's the head coach over there with his son Chris and a legend in uh, in uh, college tennis. And um, so I think they, so that's kind of a little bit Australian, Croatian, and American uh, influence there in my teaching. But I'm very, um, for me, my philosophy is kind of like I'm very technical. With, with things because I believe you know as the guys said that I interviewed as well like Damien Zumor and all the guys Oliver yeah. Morach 
Um, you, you know, you have to be able, a kid has to be able to repeat something a lot of times without having any technical flaws in there before you can go really deep into strategy and things. You know, I, I, I'm the same way. It takes so much time to change something than it, rather than, you know, making sure they, they have that uh, already early in, in, in junior years, very early, the technical things. So I'm very meticulous with technique. And I know you cannot be too meticulous. The playing part is, is, is almost equally important. Mm -hmm. But I, I think if you mix both good, then you're going to get a good player in the end of the day. But I, I just don't understand. I don't say I'm a, I'm a good coach, but what I can say is if my 12-year-old that started with me, with me goes to Texas to one of you guys, and hits the ball, you guys will be all oh, right. I don't have to change anything major in this technique. And unfortunately, a lot of times I get 11, 12-year-old kids, and I don't say it's anyone's fault, I'm just observing, where I have to spend so much time in, in, in changing things because it's it's off the charts um, where, it, where it shouldn't be. You know? mm -hmm. So I, I, that's why I'm so, I think I have a decent eye for for technical things. But as I said, everybody teaches their own way, and um, uh, if you stay within parameters, you know our our biggest job is to develop healthy kids who can play tennis a whole life, and that's something that I learned over the last years. Um, when I started teaching, I was so eager to produce the next Federer and Djokovic and Nadal, and and I overlooked uh, a lot of times that I have a human being in front of me that I want to be, um, um, how you say that, that I want to be a good person yeah. and that, that learns a lot from tennis, you know, like tennis is a life, life sport where you learn dealing with win, with losses. Uh, tennis teaches you to be control your anger management, hopefully. Mm -hmm. like there's so many things you learn playing tennis, and that's the biggest thing I want to I want to give my kids that I teach, especially that I create and I'm part of uh, of it. That they are good human beings in our society. You know, that's my main goal. Yeah, yeah we think yeah. it's great you're sharing that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think it's something kind of like, kind of like the, what doctors take with the Hippocratic Oath. You know, sometimes you know when the, when they have to to do that, it's it's more about at the very end sympathy and understanding. Yeah. So sometimes I think we have to have sympathy and understanding for for the people who we're, we're dealing with because not everybody wants to do what we do. And then I mean, I'm, I'm lucky. I've had one or two that have really ever wanted to to play tennis at I think at a level otherwise they're just for me at a country club I'm a country club tennis pro most people just want to have a good time and so I just have to have sympathy and understanding that they're not going to want to put in the the time the energy the effort that it took to for me you know to get to where I'm at for, and then much less for them to get where they're at so I think that's a great point and Craig your point about enjoyment I, that actually came up in a conversation this morning Davor had with Rudy right uh, Rudy Molliker yes yeah, t yeah, tell Rudy, us a little Rudy, bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, Rudy grew up in my club, so he was looking up, hopefully, to to me playing league tennis there. We played in the pretty high league there, and mm. uh, and as Rudy said, I know Rudy since he's four, wow. and uh, you know he, he beat David Ferrer, Leandro Maya, which said sixteen, seventeen already, and yeah. and uh, and that's a good point that he brought up was that he was in junior years you feel so much pressure you know when he went to the australian open french open 
and he beat like Leandro Meyer and all those guys. There was so much pressure to win the titles, and mm. I think what 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 he wanted to say is that when he goes to tournaments now, um, so, you know, he had a lot of success just having a good friend of him with him, so that so he feels that not so much that pressure and there, there are different things that are important as well. And uh, I think that was really nice to hear earlier that uh, yeah, that it's not always about um, who you beat and what you do. It's it's about the process and feeling 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 good. I had with Noah. I talked with Noah Rubin as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Noah said too, like that he, he he's in a good place. You know, big family support. He doesn't put pressure on him anymore, and mm-hmm. and, and he's starting to play better. He had a, he had a good last two three tournaments, and uh, and Damian Zumor the same thing. You know, he said if my team is not. Um, if they're not on court 150 percent and off court like friends where I can have a good time, um, then then the results will not be there. So I think that's very important. That's yeah. neat. Yeah, Zumor is a cool kid. Huh? He's from uh, former Yugoslavia as well, like you. Yeah, yeah, he's from Bosnia Herzegovina, and uh, he, yeah, he's uh, very laid back. And I know his coach Petar Popovic. Uh-huh. He uh, he coached Krajnovic from top 100 to top 30, 40. Uh-huh. The same with Karlovic when when he started with him. So Petar is a very hard-working coach, and he, when he was playing on the tour as well, he um, very very hard workers. But on the other side, that's why I try to tell when I do those live things, and I, especially when I have young kids listening to me, that they're still human beings, right? And mm-hmm. as you can see with Damir, he's like a you know like easygoing, and they don't think anything of themselves that they're something special. And then what I really found interesting was that Damio wanted to say still something about his physio and his, uh, the guy that, um, that works with him, and he was so nice about him. He said, when I started working with him, you know, and had him on every tournament, I started to have more success, and he's one of the most important parts of my team. So all those things, you know, when those guys have those words, um, nice to hear that, you know, what usually inside you, you don't get. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, do you think, do you think most of those guys enjoy the process? You know, do, is there a point where it doesn't matter anymore? You know, you know, you hear Federer and Djokovic and Nadal. I mean, they want to win, but do you think they, they mind losing sometimes to the other guy? I mean, is there a, have they, have they done so much and been so successful? Do you think, does it ever get where they just, they can go out and enjoy the process? I think, like, I mean, like, what you hear from Federer always, you know, that he learned with the times to deal with the tough losses in his life is just more than more than tennis, but that he takes um, he takes those things he needs to work on. And, and I think those guys, the tough guys, they're just all competitors, and they just, they are so passionate. They just love what they do. I, I mean, like, for such a long time, like Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, they, I mean, you know, you must love tennis so much, otherwise... You know, you're gonna have a lot of days where you don't want to get up, but they still do it. Yeah. I mean, so I think yeah. I think their passion is. I mean, like, what is what is the strongest force in life? Like, you know, like love for something, right? So people sure. who love someone would go, would walk from here to to Spain and take a boat, a small boat, and you know what I want to say is like, you know, love is the biggest force we have on our planet, and those guys love tennis. So I think that makes them overcome all the difficulties they face during that journey, you know? Yeah, I agreed 1,000% on uh, your, your thoughts there because, it, yeah, it does. those guys, it, there's a different gear. They have a different gear, I think, once you get to that 
tour world tour level. I, I like tennis. I think they'd love it so much that, that uh, I love other things, you know, but uh, like my wife, but uh, that's the first, and my kids. But at the same time, you know, I really like and enjoy tennis. I don't know if I loved it that much. I, if I could stay in it as, as much as they, they did, you know, they, they, I mean, that's just a different gear, different mindset, mm. you know, um, you know, I'd, it, that's just it's that's why you're you've been a part of that so i wondered if there's some kind of magic you know potion for everybody that you know you could you could give to the people listening uh just the only thing i can say is you know like the, for me the most driving force is if i love doing something then i'll never get tired of it you know so that's for me yeah that's it well, let's let's shift into the third set. Can we go? Can we go a little pop culture with you? Let's, let's go. Can, can, last we, set here. Can, will you let us do that? Can, will you, uh, uh, you know, humor us with some some pop? Like ninety nine look belongs. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's right. Who sang that? What? Who's? What's uh, the group? Come on, you got to know it. It's where you're from. Nina, what? What is that, Nina? Is yeah, Nina, Nina, very popular yes. right before you were even born. Right. So I'm impressed you remember this. Right. That's that's yeah. really good. Yeah. And then the group Berlin was really popular. They were from... But they're American, aren't they? I, yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was well, another group I mean, around like that time. A, yeah, like music here in the, in the South, you know, the first year I lived in New Orleans, you know, I went out to the jazz club. Yeah. Uh, it was re- really fun. I think they do a great job with that. Uh, yeah, down here in the South, they love their music for sure. Oh yeah, sure, love it. No, that, that's. Uh, I, I tried to get AJ to do some Zydeco, but he did. He didn't. He didn't jump in on the buckwheat uh, Zydeco. You know? I mean, if if we had a little, a few more posts, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe when we share this, you know, because we'll yeah. we'll have the produced version of this, and I'll I'll package something for you to share too, Davor. So yeah, we'll do a little. Yeah. We'll take a buckwheat stuff too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of bands. The first band that Devor saw in concert. Who's the first group you saw in concert? The first group yes. I saw in concert. Yes, actual concert. Oh. You paid. You paid to get in. Yeah. Man, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I grew up in that time, so I'm almost like 40. So my time was like that hip hop time, and yeah. uh, I think at that, that time the first concert I've been to was. Uh, I don't know what's his name right now. I think it's P. Diddy before it was Pop Diddy. And, yeah, uh, he had Sean Combs. Name, so that's my him. first concert was like a hip-hop concert. A hip-hop concert. I can't, Excellent. That's, uh, where'd you see him at? What what venue? Just out of curiosity. You remember? Oh, that was in, in, that was in Berlin. In the, in the, at that time, I think it was a big big nightclub. I was like 20 or 19, I think, and uh-huh. then the, like four or 5,000 people fit in there. It was a really, really big club, and uh, and yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was, was, was a good experience. It wasn't too bad. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah, just hip-hopping around. Yeah. Did you, did you have a do-rag on, and, and uh, were you uh, were you hip-hopping as well? Um, yeah, at that time I was, but then, you know, with the years it changed, so I, I love every kind of music, from U2 to uh, name it, you know. I, I, I even sometimes listen to uh, country music, what I never thought I would do. Anything that's uh, that's out there, I appreciate music, and uh, yeah. And I like I like to watch I like to watch The Voice. So I think that show is amazing. Like Blake Shelton and all those guys and how they turn their chairs. I think that's a cool oh, show. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, uh, that people at home that wasn't even scripted. No. The um, one of our previous guests, Mark Provisero, yes. his wife was a casting agent on The Voice. On The Voice. So nice plug. Oh, well wow. done. 
uh, you'll get a check, I'm sure, from her one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, follow, nice. follow up question to that question. Okay, so now if uh, 40 years old, what band would you want to hear? You know, and, and what city, what venue? So if you could hear a band that you haven't heard, or maybe you want to see P. Diddy again, you know, in, in Berlin, <laughs> what, 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 would, what band would you want to see, and where would you like to see them? All right, that's a good question. So I um, told you we're not a bunch it. of, you know, just a bunch of good-looking faces you, around here. You asked, you asked on Europe. Anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. This is you. This is you. Anywhere. Yeah. So actually, you know what? I think I'm like... I love I love this I love New York so I okay. think New York would be a cool city and um, I don't know whether usually a concert in the Madison Square Garden yeah, or yeah. Like, like something like that yeah okay. and I think I, I like uh, I don't know like Coldplay U2 oh, that, that kind okay. of music direction yeah. I, I like I really like that so one okay. of those one of those um, groups actually like I would like to see U2 yeah I've never okay. seen them before so. yeah Bono and the Boys huh yeah. You've yeah. never seen those guys, huh? No, I've, I've never, no, I've never seen those guys. I usually, I mean, concerts, I don't know why I never went more to more concerts in my life. I guess I was always too busy with traveling and all yeah. those things, so I've never been really to concerts. I have yeah. a good friend of mine uh, here in New Orleans, he's like a, a, the CEO of Blue Deuce Entertainment, and they always have in New Orleans all those, you know, singers and fill the stadiums, And yeah. but I never... I don't know. I, I guess I'm working too much, guys. Good, good. <laughs> well, you, you, you've, got, you've got a lot going on your plate. So yeah, I, and you yeah. picked that up from Yanko. Right. I, I clearly didn't. I go to every concert <laughs> I can possibly go to. He doesn't invite me, Devor. <laughs> he, he doesn't say, hey, CB, let's go down. You know, I, I don't get that invite <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. All right, so now, now, okay, the third part follow-up on this question. Okay, so if you're in a band, let's say you're in a band, what uh, member are you? Are you the lead singer? Lead guitars, the drummer, keyboards, maybe bass guitars. What what are you what are you doing in the band? The MC, yeah. the the rapper, the DJ. Right. What what person are you? Um, I think I think now I think I would be the lead singer. Ah, I like that. Yeah. I think I would like that. <laughs> yeah. Are are you a good singer? Can you sing? I'm the worst singer you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> and and if when I hear myself singing Actually, like um, the flowers die, and it's so crazy. It's, it's actually I don't have any voice. I'm the most terrible singer. And and his favorite TV show is The Voice. Right, beautiful. Yes, that's why I watch it yeah, because it. I appreciate those guys out there, and I wish actually you know, uh, like sometimes you know I'm creative, so like writing song songs and all those things I wouldn't have a problem with. I yeah. would be probably really good, but like singing. So you'd be like, would you be like Sean Combs, P. Diddy, or would you be like Mick Jagger? Would you be, you know, up front, uh, up front kind of guy? Would you be Steven Tyler, like Aerosmith? Like, uh, uh, I think I would be more like more modern and more like like something like Ed Sheeran or something. Oh, I think I okay, would be very fun. good. Yeah, very nice. I like that. That's the first Ed Sheeran yeah. reference we've had on the it on is. the show. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I hadn't, hadn't thought about him. Okay, uh, favorite movie. So what's uh, what are you watching now? We got uh, a little time. Um, I'm old school. I'm old school, guys. I'm like, so all the Rockies, Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, oh, 6, 7, wow. to 800, okay. right? I'm going to do all of those. And the Rambo movie, Blood Sports, all the Karate Kid, like all those all those movies in the past. I think uh, what they did with those low-budget movies, like especially Sylvester Stallone, 
always watch R- Rambo one through whatever and then Rocky one through whatever. So interesting. Yeah, I like Johnny Rambo. I, I like. I was watching him the other day. They had a Rambo one two three on and uh, caught the first two. I didn't see number three, but uh, yeah, Johnny Rambo is pretty good stuff. He uh, definitely. Yeah. I, uh, this was high school for me, and uh, I remember when. I read that um, that they were coming out with a sequel to First Blood, and I thought they've got to call it Second Blood, but they didn't. They went with, they went with his name. Well, yeah. Sly, how come they didn't do that, Sly? You should be able to do Sly Stallone. You got the. Yo, I mean, uh, I, yo Adrian. I, uh, yeah. That's that's Ro- yeah, yeah, that's the, Rocky, not Rambo. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> I knew he had that voice. He's never, we've never <laughs> done that. I, I threw him a curveball. It's very, he threw it. I was improv, but he un, he kind of knows it's easy for me to get low, yeah. and it's very tough to go high for right. a larger guy. It's like uh, you can't go high like me. Oh no way! <laughs> I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you can't go so high with your voice. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, actually, last week our guest asked if I I did Andy Murray, and he was laughing, and he asked if I could do Judy Murray, and I was like, sorry. I mean, like. It, it, we agreed it would come out sounding like like a British uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cook, like a chef, Julia, like Julia, Julia Child. Child. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> terrible, terrible. So thank you for the opportunity, yeah. Craig. What's yeah. next? Okay, what do we got? Uh, uh, cooking, eating, drinking. Do you like to do any of those? Do you uh, uh, in in this time right now? We've had a little time uh, off uh, from yeah. tennis. Do you, do you, are you a cooker? Do you grill? Do you like to? Uh, yeah, I I, um, I like actually. You know, my wife would say no, but the, I actually do like, I like cooking. And uh, at this moment right now, I'm just scared to even go to the grocery, you know, like <laughs> I put my gloves on and yeah. I need to get the ingredients, you know. I'm just like, no, but in general, if I have a lot of time, uh, I like the Italian cuisine. And, you know, another thing that's really cool that came out of Tennis House, uh, there are a couple of guys that, like, uh, Kike, I think Kike Costa is his name, you can uh-huh. look him up later. He's one of the few three-star Michelin uh, cooks in Spain, and he follows me on Instagram. So I, I rode with him several times, and he, you know, he invited me over there. And like whenever I'm there, I can to say hello. That's really cool. The, the connections you made. Uh, oh yeah. Make, uh, online. So, and so this is really cool. Big deal. Yeah, yeah it's that, cool. Kike. So so now follow up with that. Uh, you, you've got besides your, your your immediate family, or maybe so. Who are the four people you invite to dinner if you're going to sit down and have have a meal there at the Dakaris house or anywhere? And it can go back in time. It can go in the future. We've had some some interesting people put together. Uh, Ollie, Howard Cosell. You know, diff, you know, it can be anybody that you want to. Who, who comes? Who comes? To, Any, anybody on this planet? Anybody? It's ever lived. Too. In, yeah, in any era. In yeah. any era. It's ever lived. Yes. Yes. Ever live? All yes. right. So, um, so every uh, give me give me one second. Yeah. All right. Now we got um, you thinking. That's, that's what we're trying to do here. Now, so, I mean, obviously. So I'm, I'm a huge like I love tennis and like obviously Federer is my my idol. So I would like to have Roger for okay. sure, like as, as, a, as a guy. Got the king. Um, okay, got the king. King's in. Yes, the king's in, and I, the way he looks, he doesn't eat so much. So that's more like for me, so that's good too. We need to give, we need to give him a little, uh, a little uh, uh, ice cream and maybe a, a, a flambe. A Wiener, Wiener Schnitzel. A Wiener Schnitzel. Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> All right, so Federer, and I like movies a lot, and I like, um, I like actors. So I, I think I would go. 
Oh, right. Robert De Niro. Ooh. I'm a big Robert Bobby De Niro Bobby De Niro, fan. yes. And what character? What character do you like would, would you have Bobby De Niro in? Uh, like, uh, De Niro would have been, I don't know if you watched that one, it's like, analyze that. Yes, oh, yes. Psychology, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, lo I love the way he played there. And then, then um, what's his, the other guy's name, Billy? Was um, it Billy Crystal? Yes. yes. So Billy Crystal is like the, the, the shrink and he, yeah. and, and that movie is so funny though that I, I just, I just think that one of the best movies. So I, I love that. So, you, so you that, that would be a good one for Father sure. of the Bride, you wouldn't have that one when he was Bobby, Bobby De Niro when he's Father of the oh, Bride? This, yes. yes. Uh, that, was, that was a funny character. With too. Gaylord Fokker. He yes, the Fockers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Fokker family. family. Meet the parents. Meet the parents, that's yeah. it. That's uh, it. Meet, the, meet the parents, yes, that movie was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a funny that movie, movie, yeah. Ben Stiller, and uh, yeah. I, I love how he pronounced Gaylord Fokker. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's just yeah. trying to, like, he's a New Yorker, so he's very hard on his consonants, but... You know, you could tell he didn't want to even say the guy's name. Right. So he would say it in this weird, like, Gaylord Fokker, like, uh, in the gravel voice, you know? Yeah, so that's great. So we've got, uh, okay, we got De Niro, we've got The King. Yeah. Who else we got at the, at the table? At the table? Man, uh, you have to be careful. Probably I can't name any females. Oh, sure. <laughs> you can do it. Anybody. Uh, this is your, your table. Yeah, platonic. A, yeah, it doesn't matter. We don't care. Uh, oh, yeah. That's uh, your region there with the Dallas I like Mavericks, it. right? So uh, I First love time. that guy, man. I want to meet that. I want to meet him one day. He's uh, one of the most talented basketball players. It'll be fun talk on yeah. while you're eating. I think that will be funny with, with him on the court as well. Yeah, he and Bobby uh, DeMar on, on the team. All right, I like it. Um, I like these three so far. Yeah. And one more. Yeah. One, one more. Oh, you could have more. You could have more. Yeah, you could go. You dip into the past. We we've had yeah. Gandhi and Moses on the show before yeah. too, <laughs> yeah, right. and, and Billy Crystal. Guy, Billy and Billy Crystal. I don't, don't right. want to go. I don't want to go so far, but uh, oh yeah, no, definitely like uh, the great minds. Uh, I would like. I would love to meet like Einstein. Oh, you know, yeah, like yeah. having having a guy like uh, Tesla, Einstein. Yeah, yeah. That would be Tesla, two, more, two cool yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be a good that'd be a good group. I like it. I, I like Tesla because I'd want him to sit next to Roger, and if you take a picture of Roger and Nikola Tesla, and then you you look at a picture of Roger and Novak, it's the same guy. Yeah, right. uh, actually, I saw that before. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They look very similar. It's exact. Right. Yeah, I mean, we just need Novak to uh, right. grow a mustache. We have to call Goran and convince this. Yeah. Make it happen. Good. Good stuff. All right. East Coast, West Coast. Which coast do you like best? East Coast, West Coast. Um, I'm, I'm more East Coast uh, because I feel I'm closer to Europe. That's yeah. always going to be one thing for me, you know, like when you move so far away, um, mm -hmm. you know, flights are shorter. Yep. And then I like I like the area, uh, East Coast, um, you know, I don't like to be in big cities anymore. As older I get, like really in the cities, mm -hmm. I like to be like 30, 40 miles away. Let's, let's take, for example, Miami, you know, uh, I would like to be like 40, 50 miles away or from, from the city. So on the weekend, you can go hang out at the beach or go to concerts or anything. And then uh, you drive back or like Tampa area is very, mm -hmm. very nice. That's, I know it's not like right, right east, but it's, uh, it's right it's there. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's definitely east. East Coast, yeah, not like New York, not not Boston, New York, up in that that far or DC, but more you're more no, down, too, more too down. Cold. Yes. Like, when I, when my son uh, 
goes to university, college, goes out of the house, then maybe at that time, because there's just more to do, but uh, but for now it has to be, uh, for me, like more like the East Coast and Florida, for sure. Yeah. Mountains or beach? Beach. Um, okay. I'm Pisces, like I'm born in March, and everything with water, that's why one day I would like to work somewhere at the beach and mm-hmm. be close to the beach because I'm a I'm a beach beach person. Cool. Are you a sunrise person or a sunset person? Both. Both. We can't. You gotta be one yeah, or the other. You like to stay up late and get up early, huh? Yeah, I I, I don't you know working in the U.S. and being in the U.S. that changed. So before I came to the U.S., I was not lazy, but I was uh, the totally different. Uh, in that sense, so I can wake up super early, and um, I like to. I have to get more into that habit again. I like to um, used to like to read a lot at night, but now I watch. I'm on my Instagram so much and learn from there as well so much. So you know, watching YouTube videos as well, and I just try to do everything uh, tennis related and and reading and as well other things like uh, business books and everything where I can get better. That's why I like to stay long up and wake up early so I have more of the day. Favorite season? Spring, winter, summer, fall. Which se- do you like season? Which season do you like uh, the best? This one is, this one is easy. This, definitely not the summer in Louisiana. So uh, that, that can go already. <laughs> the, the summer is just terrible. It's too hot. Um, no, like uh, in Europe, the summer, and here in Louisiana, I like for sure the winter. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to go fall or spring. When you, I thought he'd say spring because yeah. his birthday is in March. Right. But And, and I kind of knew he wouldn't say summer because in Louisiana, Ew. southern Louisiana, they only have two seasons, warm and humid yes. and very warm, warm and humid. humid. Right. That, that's correct. Yes, and I didn't say spring because you guys were anticipating that already. Exactly. So <laughs> right. I, I, I have to give them a... Uh, uh, winter. No, actually, the winter is nice here. You know, like, yeah. I mean, like December, January, February. It's more like German, German springtime yeah. weather. So I, I like that. You know, I love it. And he's such a typical tennis player. He wanted to give us what we weren't expecting. Yeah. Like I love when somebody. George is a cool. Yeah. Like I love when somebody approaches to my backhand, but this guy is smart. He does the opposite. What's your favorite holiday? What's your favorite holiday? What 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 holiday do you like the best? Um, and it doesn't have to be American either. Maybe there's one in Europe that we don't know about. Yeah, no, no, those. Yeah, I mean, like those. They have a couple of those. When I lived in Spain um, during Easter time, they have those really nice celebrations where uh, in the U.S. you guys would freak out. They look like you know they have like this weird shaped hats and all those things, but it's like it's it's religious everything, and they have really like Easter nice Easter celebrations. But I, I have to say, uh, definitely uh, with snow and, and winter, I, I love it. It's just um, you know, especially being ten years in Louisiana, mm-hmm. everything that has to do with uh, sun and humidity that I try to avoid. So definitely snow, winter, and Christmas, especially awesome. with my son and my family. Uh, Christmas is, is just beautiful. I love it. So you're not you're not going for the Australian Christmas, the Aussie Christmas, where it's uh, 95 and on the beach, right? You're not doing that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not, I'm not, those are not the, the best ones. When I lived in Spain, I had sometimes you know 88, 90 Fahrenheit, and wow. just doesn't feel like Christmas. Then, you know? Yeah, the the Christmas lights on a palm tree <laughs> is kind quite, of funny. Yeah. Huh? Doesn't quite do it. Yeah. <laughs> the good thing is they stay on the whole year, so you don't have to. Change anything. <laughs> That's right. Just leave it up. Huh? That's right. 
Uh, what do you like to do in your spare time, Devore? What do you like to do in your spare time besides uh, Instagram and that kind of stuff? If you really want to get um, get away. Um, like I mean, I do not. I literally, literally I'm, I'm. I know my wife. My, I'm so glad I'm still married. My <laughs> wife didn't divorce me. I thought like in even my free time. Like I mean, I love obviously my my, my son and family now in this chapter of life. I love. I, lo I just love now, you know, out of all bad things, the good thing is, like, I have my little monkey here with me the whole time, my wife, my daughter, awesome. yep. and uh, and it's just, uh, you know, sometimes, obviously, you, you bang hats, but uh, most of the time, it's just, like, it's just beautiful to have some time together. I think, um, as I said, life goes quickly by us, and, and, and the kids grow so fast that, that I just love to play with my son tennis, you know, today my daughter was out with us, and then and, and my wife, and uh, and we played some tennis in our driveway, and those things make me happy now. When I was younger, obviously different things, but uh, those things fulfill me now, make me happy. What a, happy. What, a, what a cool, sweet family guy! I yep. hope our uh, our listeners can learn from that. It's awesome. I'm gonna throw you a curveball here. Uh -oh. this, you've never been asked this question. Uh oh. Do you believe in the paranormal? Uh -oh. Ghosts, spirits, apparitions. Do you believe in them? Man, like, have I you know, ever been asked that question? Uh, all right, yes. Yeah, so, so, um, <laughs> no one believes me that story, but like, look, I, so we were all younger, and I, you know, I had like a sleepover, a couple of friends slept over, and, and I, I'm 100% sure. So, we were in the kitchen, and I had a sandwich made, right? Just yeah. like a regular sandwich with, with salami and cheese on it, and, um, and there was no one in the kitchen, and I, I, I didn't drink anything, and half of the sandwich was was gone when I turned around and oh. there was no dogs no cats and and Ooh. there were no teeth toothprints in there so that was like a clean cut almost and there was Ooh. no knife and, and people still don't believe me that you know and I was like and that was I was so scared like and I was nine, 18 17 or whatever and no one all the other guys were in completely different like rooms they were watching a movie or whatever and that was scary and then the other thing was um, Philip Colesreiber's manager Stefan Fiske, uh -huh. a good friend of mine and um, he was called Coley's coach as well we went to New York uh, with my brother 2000 I don't know when it was 13 or 14 I, I don't remember earlier 12 maybe yeah and um, so uh, you know we, we gave someone the camera to take a picture of us and that was in front of a cat and mm. when we looked at the picture afterwards there there was no one around us and there was a lady like three feet next to us on that picture and no cat. I was like, there was no one. Come on. And, oh, I, wow. I, and I do not have that picture anymore. And I'm not crazy. And I really <laughs> saw that. And that was on there. And you can ask the other guys that were on it. And that was that was crazy. Because they, I, there was no lady next to us. Like, that wow. was crazy. Mm. Hey, what... Uh, I'm writing this down. Could you tell us what year was the sandwich disappearing? And what year was this photo? All right. So... The sandwich was probably 1999, yep. around that time. I think that was 17, there, 18, 18, 17, I don't remember. And then the picture must have been the U.S. Open, let me think quickly. I went with my brother, it must have been 2010. That's pretty eerie. I think it was Yeah, that's, 2010. That is, that is eerie. Uh, uh, we, I'm about to email both uh, Agent Scully and Agent Mulder, and we're going to reopen the X-Files on both of these. 
exactly why it's For sure, and that's exactly why we have this on our question list. Right. I'm so glad CV yes. uh, asked that one. Yes. And this is the character development part of the show that right. sometimes other boring tennis no, podcasts no. may not do. That's why. Yeah. That's why we ask so, if you yeah, wouldn't we're mind. This. We we love this kind of stuff. This is more. This is more fun. So, all right. So along that same line, the paranormal, extraterrestrials, UFOs. Are you a UFO guy? Oh, oh I'm, I love to watch. I watch every single. UFO show, I, I love that stuff. Like I watched the Project Blue Book. They just uh, finished the yeah, second yeah, season. Yeah, I think. yeah. And uh, it was his first or second. I remember. Like yeah, definitely. Like I, I, I love that stuff. So if you know, like if I wouldn't be a tennis pro and you could earn money with researching that, I think it's so fascinating that. Um, you know, the universe, there are like billions and billions of billions and billions of planets that resemble our planet. Mm -hmm. And I, I still, I believe that there is something, I, you know, you can call it whatever you want, but I, I, I believe I believe that we are definitely not alone. So that's my, the, my the, opinion. The truth is out there. Yeah, I, you know, I do have a relative named Art Bell who used to do a radio show from uh, early planetary days of... Uh, <laughs> Back in the early 90s, remember Art Bell, the Art yeah, Bell show? Yeah, yeah he, he had a paranormal. That's your uncle. No. He's okay. <laughs> similar name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I threw the line out there. I yeah. love it. Art Bell. Yeah, there is a guy, if you if you Google yeah. the guy, Art Bell, he was he was a crazy loon uh, and talked about UFOs and, and all sorts of stuff. He lived over in Taiwan or yeah. someplace. It was pretty funny. America across the road or something. That's come, come on. Anyway, okay, one other question on yes. this kind of topic. Lee Harvey Oswald. Lone gunman or a conspiracy theorist? Are you in? Did he do it by himself? Uh, man, um, I mean, like I watched, I watched on, on History Channel as well. All six, all six episodes from that one. Good, good, <laughs> so good, good. Hey, what, they right. figured, what they figured out is that uh, when you know that were like how you call those safe houses, and yes, yeah. and if they wouldn't have caught him like walking away, he would have probably disappeared. So. Uh, I still, I believe, not alone, definitely. Yeah, I'm have, with you. Have you ever been to Dallas and been to the the uh, JFK? Have you ever been to the the memorial, the library? No. But oh, I'll, come I'll, up. I definitely wanted. I wanted to go, and like, and, and when was it? Challenger tournament in yeah, January, yeah. February. Oh yeah, February. Yeah, come on up. We'll, we, yeah. We'd love to take you down there. Yeah, it, next it's, it's next year you're coming down. We'll go yeah. to all seven days of the Challenger, and we'll go at least twice for the Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you got to yeah, see I, it. It's I great. Would love to, and then we can show me Dallas a little bit, and and uh, hopefully through my contacts I can get somehow uh, to meet Doncic. I know a lot of people who like know him, so that would be awesome if you can, if you guys can show oh, me yeah. around a little yeah. bit. Then uh, we have some. I will know all the players that play there, so it should be fun. For oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. We can get Novitsky or Doncic to yeah. be our fourth. Yeah. We'll play some doubles on clay over sure. here. Sure. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, that would be, be awesome. Yeah. I would love that. All right. Done now, we're deal. rounding the corner here. We're, now, we're back to kind of some tennis stuff. Okay. So, we'll, we'll pull it back into the tennis room. First racket that you uh, that you played with, what was your first racket? I, I So, I did not play with wooden rackets or anything. I, my first racket was a pro Kennex. Pro Canix, yes, okay. The uh, black uh, mount? They had, they had uh, black with a purple touch. 
And I still ask my dad why he gave me that bracket first, but um, it was black but a little bit purplish uh -huh. and green. I remember that. I, lo I love my Pro Canics bracket. I'm trying to think. Cool. There was the Black Max or there was the uh, uh, Black Max was was a Dunlop, but no, maybe Golden Age, Golden not Golden Ace, Age. Ace, uh, but there was like they went green and purple, purple. for Wimbledon on this one. Right. I do to, remember this. It was like I thought uh, that was the oh the Black Max was it? That was the Dunlop. That was a, like the 200 G. It was okay. kind of the slicker. Yeah. Yeah, but you know they they all it's not a lot of names back then. Right. What do you use right and now? Actually, you know what? You know what, guys? Yeah. There was uh, one Pro Canex. I remember now, like thinking about it, had like a little bit like uh, was like dark, but it had like dots on it, like like the universe a little bit. So I don't know what that ah. one was called. I'll Google it later. And yeah, I'll, I'll have to look at I'll that. Yeah. You, you, you stumped me on that one because I know most. Yeah, that's of good. Them. Yeah, that's good. You good. got me going. It, it started him on this belief in the paranormal. <laughs> that, and that's the many, it. Yeah, <laughs> it really did. Yeah. Uh, did, you see, I didn't even think about it, guys. Right. Uh, yeah, everything makes sense now. Right. <laughs> the world's coming. It comes around. See, right there. We're, we 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 solve all problems of the world, Dabo. Right without uh, CBD, without THC. Right. We we made him. We did a little regression, and it happened for him, man. Right. So, what, what racket are you using today? Um, I'm I'm a Wilson guy. Yep. Wilson. Okay. Um, Which one? And the, the, so I I used to play. With the Prestige Classic, the hat rack, and that was yeah. my all-time favorite. And then coming to the U.S., we are like, our club is like Wilson exclusive, and I know Ian Poundwell, uh -huh. good friend of mine, and uh, I'm good with all the Wilson guys. And uh, I I play the Blade, the blade? and okay. I, teach, I teach with the Clash. And then, guys, don't laugh, I teach with the Clash 108. <laughs> oh, the big oh, one. Yeah, right, yes. Yes. 35 pounds. Ah, there we yeah, go. That's where I, I was going go next. Low, yeah. right. I knew it. Right. Did you, you can rock the casball with that yes. one, right? Yes. Man, I still serve 130 miles with that one, but after that, I need to go to cold plunge. <laughs> 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 what, what kind of string do you like normally in, in your blades? What do you like? Do you like a gut? Uh, nylon poly. Yeah. What do you use? Yeah, like, I mean, you know, being in the position now, I can I can put gut in there if I, if I play. Obviously, and for teaching, I don't mind what's in there. I I, uh, I I like all the strings, you know, the Luxalon strings, and I don't mind if it's like a, uh, if it's not the NX, you know, the NXT control and the NXT they're soft, but I don't I don't care actually what's in there for teaching because I string it with 34, 35, so there's no problems with that for me. That's for teaching, yeah. I I, I kind of know the next answer to your, this question. All right. Uh, it's a two-part question: indoor tennis or outdoor tennis? Which do you like, indoor or outdoor? Oh, for me, for me, out, outdoor because although I'm a big guy and I surf really well, I hated playing guys on indoors on carpet. We have carpet a lot in Europe that yeah. change a little bit, but you know this carpet stuff is is <laughs> way faster than any surface out there. And I hated to play against just big guys who serve well, and and you know you just don't pay attention one second and you lose the match. So I hated that more than anything. I, I actually like play court the most. Yeah, that, that's what I figured. Outdoor clay. I was going to say because yeah. that's the next one. My favorite surface: uh, hard grass, wood, basketball, synthetic, yeah, carpets, carpets yeah. Uh, clay, swimming pools, swimming pools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, like no, I, I love the red clay. Yep. I wish our club we had. So we have six hard courts um, you know like uh, Emilio Sanchez good friend of mine and and his brother Javier they do the green set stuff so they did the Australian Open this year as well so we did through through the connections I have we, we did the green set at our place and that, that place actually slow and nice I like that as a hard court and we have six Rubicon courts 
and we have three other Rubicon cards. And I just wished uh, that they we would have gotten gone with the red clay. But in the end of the day, uh, for for a nice facility like ours, you know, the red clay is just dirtier and, and leaves more doesn't look nice, you know, when you go inside and all those things. So I think the Rubico we have is the best solution. But I would love a red clay court. And look at this guy. He comes from Europe. He's yep. he's in the south, and he calls it Rubico, like right. a southern boy. Right. In, because in the other, I would say, in the north and the west, if there's Hartrue, they call it Hartrue. Hartrue. Green clay. And some oh, people say okay. green clay. See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I learned, yeah. I learned from the best here in the south. <laughs> <laughs> most embarrassing moment. What's your, what's, what's your most embarrassing moment in tennis? So I remember I was like 10 years old. Really? I remember that like yesterday. And it's a true story. So we played this team competition for, for my club. And we went to, to the beach in North Germany. Really nice uh, tournament where the, we had like 60, 70, 60, 64 teams playing there. And one team had two singles players. And you played doubles. So you had like two singles matches and a doubles match. Yeah. And we were like, I think I was 11 or 10. And uh, my teammate um, won his match. We were like in the in the semifinals, and I was up. It's no, it's true. It's a true story. I was up six zero five zero, and I think forty fifteen, not forty love, or forty fifteen. And I lost that thing seven five in the third. Wow. And I still remember. I still remember. It's so crazy. It's thirty years ago. <laughs> I still remember. And, and when, then we lost doubles afterwards. So that was for me the, the toughest uh, toughest one to. Younger years, you know, I lost after 6 0 5 0 40 15, I lost 7 5 in the third. Mm, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, mm, okay. Well, we won't say much about that. Yeah, we'll, that's we'll, tough, man. Yeah. And thanks for. No, I, I even forgot about that one. I don't even know how that came up. Oh, this is this is all part of your regression therapy. <laughs> we will bill you later. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, that, guys, I love that. I feel already so much better. I can do that every day. <laughs> What's your favorite tournament? What's your favorite tournament out there? And why? Um, I have to say, um, I was pretty impressed uh, with the U.S. Open. Um, you're close to the to the courts, uh, the the not that are not center courts. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see the guys very close. You know, I remember I was watching um, uh, uh, Batista Agut, and I was like that guy seeing so close how hard he hits the ball. I love that one. Uh, definitely one of the most uh, impressive tournaments the U.S. Open for me, and. Uh, and then I have a personal connection to the Umak tournament, tournament in Croatia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, um, you know, Croatia is very famous for their hospitality and food, and and um, so we always had Carlos Moya playing because he loved the tournament so much, you know. And we had the big guys playing always because it's such a nice uh, place. It's at the, right at the beach. Uh, the, the players could party after that, obviously, you know. And then uh, I had a lot of friends who were playing, and we as uh, students from Nikki Pilic, we used to train with the guys. I used to hit with, uh, you know, warm up the players, and that's for me, uh, has a little personal attachment, so that's why I used to love it. It changed a lot over the years when the director changed there, but uh, it was one of the nicest tournaments I've ever been to. And Umag is oh, typically... Oh, sorry, sorry, guys, one more thing. Oh, yeah? Jeff yeah. Tarango, because American, right? So yeah. I will never forget. So the referee was really bad, and he was in the semis, I think, or quarters in, in, in Umak on clay, Jeff Tarango, mm-hmm. and, and the guys pissed, sorry for the language, is late, so I guess I can say, the guys pissed him off so bad that 
he just took his bag and left. So I remember that actually. He just picked oh. up his bag and left. Yes, and that was a semi, so the prize money was decent at that time too. Oh. So that was really cool. Wow, what a connection! Yeah, Umag was, if I recall, of course, it was on clay, like you said, at the uh, beach, uh, Adriatic uh, coast, and wasn't it during the American hardcore season? No, no, no. What, what I'm saying is, wasn't the Umag tournament in the summer? Like it was between Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, if I recall, right? Yeah. Um, so in the U.S., what do we have between Wimbledon and the U.S. Open? Um, World Team I Tennis. Think, <laughs> yeah, World Team Tennis. Yeah, but I like. Uh, when is Cincinnati? Is that right before? Yeah, Cincinnati that's in the Washington D.C. Yeah, on Atlanta. the way to the U.S. Open. Yeah. yeah, the road to the U.S. Open. That yeah. series. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like I like Cincinnati because the people I know there are really nice. The Mario and Steve Contari, they have a, a really nice club there and they're yeah. good friends. And I, I like the I like that Southern Western tournament there as well. Yeah, it's cool. Do you like to watch tennis on TV? Um, yes, uh, yeah, I do actually. Um, I, I because when I watch it, always I. Uh, I can't enjoy it because, you know, I don't know. I can't enjoy so many things anymore because I always try to learn from something, you know. So when I watch it, I pause it and, and rewind and the, look at the strategy. Was that surplus one? Did, did he kick out and went to see? And I have always those things in my mind. So my wife, I drive them crazy when I pause it. I can't just watch it and enjoy it. Only the finals, maybe. You know? but, yeah. If you could win a Grand Slam, which one would it be? If, you, if Devore Descartes could win a Grand Slam, would it be the French Open, Wimbledon, Australian Open, or U.S. Open? Um, I'll go with, with Wimbledon just because Wimbledon, okay. so many people say that too. Just the tradition and the grass is something completely different. And I heard when you win the Wimbledon once, you can always go uh, and join the Wimbledon club there. So you can always, even when you're done playing, you can hang out there and yeah. You don't have to pay for food and drinks. Boris Becker lives there, basically. I, I think he can go in there and eat and, and, eat and drink. And uh, uh, I think that it's really cool that they did that. If you win it, you can. it's basically like home for you. So I think yeah. that's cool. That's great. Who, who would you watch to pay? I mean, who would you pay to watch? Is there a player that you would pay to watch, former or current? Somebody you would like to, to watch play? Who would you Who would you pay? Who would who would the, the well, Um, I mean, like... And to be honest, like I know it sounds weird, but I, I think it, like like all the guys that are like top 100, 150, even two hundred, uh, I just I just love. I would pay to watch everybody. I I could support them, I guess, with that then. So mm -hmm. and then I can afford to pay them now, I guess, to watch a match. So uh, I think all those guys are just amazing, amazing athletes, and the difference is only in. Uh, and, and the, the mental part, most of it, and, and getting, you know, I will tell you right now, if you're 200 in the world, and you you get into all the uh, 1,000 tournaments and all the Grand Slams, at least in two or three tournaments, they will go deeper in the third or second round, you know, so those guys are right there as well. They just can't get into the tournaments. Right. Who would you have liked to have played in your, your tennis career? Who would you have liked to have played in, in, in your tennis career? Would you have liked to have played somebody? And when would you have liked to have played them in their career? Follow up. Oh, okay, so who would, I think I'll definitely not my dog. Uh, yeah. I told you, we're uh, not a bunch of pretty faces here on would, uh, You have to oh. run too much to get the dog. <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah, I think, um, 
Novak, Borg. Oh, Borg. And I think with McEnroe, we would, uh, we would bang hats, and that would be funny for the crowd. I think that would be a fun one as well. Love it. So, Rafa, you didn't want to play Rafa, huh? Yeah. Rafa, what no, do you think about I, that? I mean, you have to win the points 400 times, and uh, I just I just don't know, you know, like, I no, I'm, I'm, especially now I'm <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the physical shape when, when you have, like, a five-year-old. Like, no, no, no way, Rafa. Well, I think I would have a lot of trouble with your third, no, Davo? <laughs> but after after no, the no. return, we have a long point. <laughs> yes, no, Rafa. You know, when I was playing one 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 match that that marked my career as well, when I didn't want to play futures anymore, was I was playing a Greek guy, a guy from Greece. I forgot his name, and I really played well that that day. And I lost two and three, and that guy shook my hands and didn't even sweat. And wow. uh, and you know, I was sweating like Patrick Rafter, and yeah. and there I just knew then, you know, like they're the guys out there that are just definitely made for that sport, you know. Yeah. Who's your favorite tennis player? Um, Fed, obviously Federer, and um, and who else do I like to watch and respect? I mean, I like Sampras a lot too. Like you know, he brought a little bit the athletic part, like you know, the basketball style and with this. Uh, jump smashes and all those things. I think he was fun to watch, and and uh, you know guys like Marcelo Rios and Kafelnikov, and uh, and actually guys, there's one question you can ask your next guy you have on there because at my conference Tim Bainton was saying that, and um, so one of the I think the only player man's side that won the French Open. Singles and doubles, 
when I tied my right shoe first, I, I could have played against a, a four-year-old boy that just had a toddler racket. I would have lost O and O. So uh, I don't know why, but that that was definitely my biggest superstition to put my left shoe on first. What sport would you have played if it wasn't tennis? If it wasn't tennis, you weren't involved in the great game, what are you playing? Basketball. I basketball. Love, I love basketball. I love this year's NBA. How, how uh, like, until now, obviously, unfortunately, but, like, how yeah. even the teams were spread. And, you know, L.A. has uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron. Then you have Doncic and uh, Pozingas. And all the, all the teams have, like, two superstars. And it was really fun. I usually used to watch the finals only in the playoffs and now this year I watched so many uh, games because they have really good guys out there. So are you a Pelican fan? Go on. Um, no. no. I'm actually mad at that because they had Anthony Davis, um, Chris Paul, they had those caliber superstars and never got them back up. So I actually, um, yeah, I, I don't want to, I'm a Dallas uh, fan now because I always liked Dirk, and Dirk was a good tennis player. Uh-huh. And then uh, Alexander Vasquez is good friends with Dirk. He, when he's in Germany, he trains there at the academy sometimes. So I always loved Dirk and the way he won the title. Um, you know, he won that one. He didn't have superstars around him. He had good players, but he won it, and uh, he deserves utmost respect for his career. And, and the, the city of Dallas can be... Um, I'm so thankful that they had a guy like him. Uh, he's so grounded and, and um, down to earth and just a fantastic guy. He didn't move back to Germany. He still lives most of the time. He in lives Dallas right here. Yeah. yeah, he lives right in this area. It's pretty, right. yeah, pretty yeah. amazing, down to earth, amazing guy, and one of the greatest of all time. And drives a minivan. I was yeah. watching uh, a sports show, and they, he, he had uh, sent a picture in, and he was driving a minivan. And my wife's like, what the heck is Dirk driving a minivan for? <laughs> got a couple of kids, you know? He's not going to fit in a Porsche. No, he's not. No. <laughs> so if, if uh, we got, we're rounding the home stretch now. we yep. got last two questions. If you wouldn't have been involved in sports, what would you be doing now? But if I wouldn't be around sports, definitely. Um, I think I would have liked to do something um, with research. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know how you call it. Like, something with um, stars and all those things, astrophysics. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. those things. Yeah, like, I, li- I liked it. I always liked it. And, you know, I always like things that you can't explain and uh, there's just so much behind it so you just want to see who ate that sandwich yeah (laughs) Yeah. no oh man oh that's scary that's that's pretty eerie that's that's pretty funny all right last question this is it this is the big one all right yep if you were the the commissar of the great game of tennis and you had your magic wand what would you change if anything in the great game so you're the commish you're the commissar
I just I just don't understand how you can play uh, challenger and you play, especially the doubles guys. You know, you win one round, you get like eight hundred bucks. I yeah. mean, like really, like I mean, you can't even pay nothing for that. You know, and and the same in singles. You play those challenger tournaments. Unfortunately, I know there's a lot behind it, but I think. Uh, in the future, I hope I will get so much power one day, hopefully. Uh, I'll work my way maybe one day up there that I can maybe, hopefully, I would love to be part of a, a task force and come up with ideas. I just want to change that so bad because seeing my friends suffering, not knowing where they play the next tournament because they can't afford, they have to eat spaghetti and, and meat sauce and go to McDonald's because they can't afford to travel, you know, I mean, where do, where in the world are we that a guy that's 150, you know, I mean, how much time they put in to become professional, how much they suffered, uh, friendships suffered, he, he, the whole childhood gone, people always forget that when they see those guys, you know, there's so much behind that, and that's the biggest thing for me, I hope. Uh, my dream would be one day to be able to help to change that. That would be awesome. Yeah, that's that's uh, my that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Is well, I was talking to a member last week, and we were talking about prize money. He goes, "What's the hundred guy in, in golf made versus the hundred guy in tennis?" It's crazy disparity. Oh, oh yeah, well, I know what it is. It's about two hundred thousand for the tennis guy, and about uh, over a million dollars for. And this was just in three months. This is we were talking just not three months time. The guy, and this is the PGA tour just for North America, and there's other tours as well. This guy was was a hundred in the world and made already over a million. It's like a million two, and the and the guy in tennis was at two hundred thousand. I go, yeah, you hit, you you hit it. And you know, I understand that to a certain degree. You know, you mentioned like country club, right? So golf in most country clubs, if it's a decent club, right? What do they bring in, like hundred, hundred fifty grand a month or something? So yeah. you know, golf golf uh, revenue is huge and and the, and the interest for golf is big and you know i just hope we can learn from you know from that as well that that those guys as you said you know he's 100 and makes over a million yeah. uh, you know every every player is 200 300 150 they will be happy to make 100 grand a year you know so um, yeah, no, yeah. There's a huge disparity, and I think that it, it, something's got to change. I don't know if, if the guys at top want it to change because they make a, a really good living, and the other guys are just picking up the crumbs. I mean, that, don't get me started. We could, we could do a whole show on that. Yeah. I mean, that, that could really. Oh, I, would, I would love to. We can do that one day. I'm always in. You guys are awesome. Uh, you yeah. can have me almost anything you want. And, uh, and as I said, uh, <laughs> I heard about you guys' uh, podcast before, and uh, – and I listened in a few in, and um, I think it's so cool. It's, it's something, you know, look, those two hours almost went like two minutes for me. And, <laughs> yes, we're and, that's uh, why I knew. I, I, will, I will promote the heck out of it. And, you know, Craig, and you guys, you just uh, awesome people as well. You know, in the past we communicated, and you've always been helpful to me, and, and uh, you always supported Tennis House and, and my thoughts, and the answer question quickly, and... Uh, I'm endlessly thankful for that. So if I can do something to make it a, it is popular, obviously, but you know, just to spread the word to people who don't know it, yeah, uh, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would be more happy to, to do that. Um, Share the I'll, love, I'll, buddy. I'll, I'll well, the one thing we want you to do, though, is come to Dallas next year. Yep. We're going to do two things. We're going to go down to the sixth floor library for sure, and then we're going to go eat some good barbecue. How's there that? There we go. Is that okay? Is uh, that a deal? I'm, I'm definitely in for that. And uh, thanks. Thanks, guys, for offering that. And uh, yeah, as I said, 
Well, thank it's you. amazing to to see people with the same passion, and uh, that's uh, you know like um, the same mindset, and uh, I love that. So everything you guys have in mind, I'm down for it. Well, big thanks. You've been a blast. We've yes. laughed and had so much fun. Like you said, the two hours flew by, yes. and I hope our listeners feel the same. I'm sure yeah. they do. Share away to the Tennis House folks, and uh, here's Craig Bell with the dismount. I just want to know who, who had that bologna sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Season 1, Episode 34 of At The Net Podcast. Be sure to tell a friend or friends as we like your peeps, and hopefully they'll like us. And that's the tennis news as it seems, seems to us. us. Good evening from Dallas, Texas, everybody. And Davor Dakaris, good night, buddy. Thank you. Thank you very much. See you.